0: it's such a wild name I love
1: yeah. it Um it's unique yeah I've been getting that my whole life so um, <laughs> story behind it is it was this uh, famous player named Yannick uh, Noah tennis player okay um, black guy from like France and my father was obsessed with him at the time you know it's like the early 80s so i like Yannick I'm, I'm like thanks
0: <laughs>
1: my brother got William I'm like okay.
0: William and Yannick yeah I'm like Thanks. It's the story of William in it. You've heard yeah. that story.
1: Yeah, yeah. So Channel <laughs> made push-ups to get stronger. Prove to the world I'm the son of Sparta. Fly dress game, fresh fade out the barber. Grow queens by hand, I'm the king of farmers. never late living, go harder, go harder. walks with a lean, cause the city's on my shoulders, but hold up. They don't love me like I love that. Humble servant, nah, I'm a king, motherfucker. All I wanted was a danger room, a side lot to lip lock with. Racing jackets on some non non shit. Now I'm in front of students on some hip hop shit. Only date teacher Bay on some Tupac shit. Get around, put it down on my balcony, focus. Love my words when they spoken, don't get curved too often. Got game, a drunk poet, I charm but can't keep them. Drop jewels, no features, most, most can't keep up trace secret my when you can't reach some solo flow with you you successful on the cheat in you and focuses i'm pumping photos spidey got
0: you with the dopest Up the cloud.
1: super moon with my students from the brain close touch for the day cuz we got to scoop the shade hey
0: welcome to the edgy punks podcast this is your host Craig and i'm really excited for this week's conversation with my friend Yannick Florist. Uh, He was referred to me by another colleague, which we refer to in like the very beginning of the conversation. But Yannick is a guy that I had no idea who he was even a month ago, but uh, we ended up meeting up in Brooklyn, New York while I was visiting here recently. Uh, It's actually the site of where I got sick and ended up losing my voice for the last week or so. Finally got it back a little bit, but before I lost my voice, Uh, Yannick and I got to have a really great conversation about his work as a hip hop uh, artist, as a teacher, as an educator, and as someone who wants to work with the youths of today to make a better tomorrow. Um, Yannick, uh, works, uh, especially a lot with black students, uh, young, young, young adults, and even younger, uh, elementary, he's worked across the spectrum in education and has released a new mixtape called, uh, hashtag teachers college or bust or just teachers college or bust. Uh, he's a big fan of the teachers college at Columbia and has even gotten to do some talks there and some, and some work for them. So that's really great. And in this episode, we were sitting in the lobby of a Marriott in Brooklyn, New York, uh, just just chilling and chatting it up. So there's a little bit of background noise, but hey, we got to have a really good conversation with a bunch of people wandering around us, which was kind of weird, but also really fun. And this week you also get to hear tunes from his new mixtape, which you've already heard a little bit. You'll hear a little bit more uh, coming up. But yeah, I'm really excited to share some of his, some of his art. Some of his ideas and really get into this conversation. I'm not going to dilly dally too much more, but big thanks to folks who've been, uh, who found their way to the podcast in the recent weeks. We actually had a record amount of streams last month, which was super awesome. And I was really happy to see that. And so, folks who've stuck around and hanging out with us, hey, thanks. Hope you enjoy this one too. Now let's get to this conversation with Yannick Florist.
1: 5 a.m. to Come rise with, me, rise with me. That's why I'm on this bus. 5 a.m. to Albany. I keep a copy of Jim Lee's X-Men number one on my wall and from hand the cover. To keep that my mind on the
0: grind is to unite all of my sisters and brothers. <clears throat> So we're sitting in the Brooklyn Marriott. Yes, yes. We found a place that hasn't doesn't have a whole lot of foot traffic, but uh, enough so we have qu- uh, some sort of quiet. I'm sitting here with Yannick Flores. How are you doing today, man? I'm
1: well, I'm well. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate being here.
0: Yeah. When one of my colleagues was like, hey, you should talk to this guy. I was like, hell yeah, I'll talk to this guy. Yeah,
1: Tanisha, right? Yeah,
0: Tanisha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Me and her go back like, yeah, literally 10 years now, because we started in City Year together. Yeah. Yeah, she was there when I, you know, telling me, pick better beats and all this other stuff. So I, I still, I, I didn't forget, to I still use books, you know, money for your books for graduate school, even though you graduated already. But, I got you, I got you.
0: That's so awesome. Um, so, why don't you tell folks a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you come from? Alright, so, again, Yannick Flores.
1: Uh, I am a hip-hop artist and educator. Well, educator first then hip-hop artist, really. Uh, but what I do is I do all types of program management, um creative expression with students, um, also do volunteer work as a mentor um, through a college and career readiness program where we teach the students how to uh, develop business plans, uh, research for case studies, things like that, as well as resume development, etc. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Native um, New Yorker born and raised, and that's it.
0: Nice. So when did you get started uh, in education professionally?
1: Um, I started in education professionally literally uh, 10 years ago. I started uh, with City Year, well, no, actually a little bit less than that, a little bit more than that. So I started as a volunteer mentor with I-Mentor, which uh, is a nationally based, a nationally, organiz, nationally based organization now. And uh, I started with them, it was a three year commitment to um, a student in the Bronx um, and this is a friend of mine from college who I recommended that I do it she knew I was all about like community stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so um, from there, about six months later, I transitioned into working with City Gear as an AmeriCorps member and stayed on as a team leader. And yeah, that was pretty much the start of like how I got started. That was like 10 years. 10, 11 years ago.
0: Yeah. So. where did you go to school? What, what did you study? In school? So
1: I went to school is SUNY New Paltz, which is about two hours, two and a half hours from New York. It's an
0: upstate, um, upstate, right? Upstate, yeah. yeah,
1: right? yeah. Uh, one of the SUNY schools. And uh, I studied journalism with a minor in African American studies. Dang. So, yeah.
0: I think uh, one of the things that, before we'll get to the music a little bit later, but yeah. one of the things that uh, I, I really love about the music you write is it is. Um, it is very documentary almost like i can tell that you have like a little bit of that writing background yeah Um, yeah can you talk a little bit to like where your influences came to that
1: so um i i was always like big on storytelling even as a kid like like i have a friend of mine i still kind of look at the message now where she was like you know keep making comic book noise i used to do that in class all the time um but i was always really big on storytelling and uh, you know writing poetry, you know self-expression like and so um Me being like a big comic book head number one like I was always doing on comic books like that helped um, but then also like learning like the actual like techniques and skills needed to like write a journalism piece and so um, being trained in that level it kind of gave me like a way to like look at situations from like a like like Flying the wall in a sense yeah, yeah, yeah. but then like taking little things like how people like twitch or like you know like all those little things i take into consideration like when i'm writing a song um because it really is just journalism for me like you know that's that's why i love like education because it's like kind of giving me like this bird's eye view of like okay well this is what it is to you know do like a long piece of investigative journalism in a sense
0: yeah and and what i like about it is I can feel that you've, to some degree, brought that into your work as an educator. Mm-hmm. How have you taken like the art of storytelling into how you work with your students?
1: I mean, over well, the years? this is something I, I share with like a lot of young artists now. Mm-hmm. Um, is that there's really you know especially people that work in education they're like oh how are you doing and I'm like there's no real difference between like me on stage and like me in a classroom right mm-hmm. like I still had to manage like you know, getting the crowd all together, which is like my my students. I had to manage like, (laughs) you know, engagement. I had to make sure everybody's like recognized. Classroom management is to connect to them. You know what I mean? I had to have like a pedagogy or like a a plan. I had to have a set list. All of these different things that like I have to take into consideration like as you know when i'm going on stage like all right i have this i got that but then it's like it's the same things it's obviously is going to be different like me having like my songs together and to memorize is no different than me having to have my lesson plan memorized right yeah so like holy shit, you know it's 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 all the it's all of those things like you know it's it's how they say uh transferable skills right yeah um and so how i've been able to use that in in with my students um of course through like you know just the bare basics but then also uh i was also running like a podcast program where like i was teaching the students how to be journalists and they went on and, and just developed that into a whole other plateau like they were covering topics i wasn't even expecting them to you know think about They're like oh mr nick you support mr nick oh, well, yeah. we want to talk about women's rights all right you're in the fourth grade <laughs> what the hell? go ahead come up Dang. with the questions the review, and then we'll come you know we'll come up with a plan later but yeah, it's just all of those different things that uh, I, I learned to, like, implement a part of it.
0: Oh, that, was just killing no, but that's wild because um, when I was teaching in mm. high school, um, I would always, I would, I mean, I would memorize my lesson plans, but I would have also, I would write out my notes, my outlines as a set list. Yeah. And I would, like, when I write my set list, even when I play at gigs, mm-hmm. I have lines where I need to take breaks, like specific breaks. Yeah. And I, like, to mess up, mess with the flow. And I would share that with students. My here's today's set list mm-hmm. is what we're going through. So you're the first educator I've heard, like, even refer it like that. And it makes me feel like, okay, cool, sick. I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, like, you you
1: had to, like, it's one thing, like, when you're working with students, you got to meet them where they're at, right? Yeah. Like, you have to be relatable, culturally responsive, all of those things, right? We can talk about that later. But, yeah. you know, you also have to be, like, true to yourself when you're in the classroom. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I always try to stress to people, like, don't go in there trying to pretend something that you're not like they're gonna see right through you're gonna chew you up mm-hmm. you know just be you like so if you look at it it's like I'm a musician I'm gonna come at it as you know this is what we're gonna do today is like a setlist the students are gonna get that they may not understand what a setlist is yeah. right but they will understand okay well he's this is something that he knows he trusts himself to teach it to us in this way mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. You know, cuz trust is like one of the most important things you can have in a classroom. Oh yeah. You know, so if you trust yourself, if you believe in yourself, you know, all of those things are going to come out naturally and really powerful for your students.
0: Yeah, and um working so you've worked exclusively in New York, right? Yes. Um yes. what are some of the challenges you've come across um with I mean, the different uh populations you've worked with?
1: Um I work primarily in inner city neighborhoods and so um, I can honestly say that one of the issues that we face as like people of color is that, you know, there's a lack of people who like validate our experience. Um, And I noticed that something that was kind of like lacking in some of the school settings I was in, it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're not learning. Well, I'm gonna send you to the principal's office. Mm -hmm. Like, and there's all these disciplinary issues that arise and things like that. But then if you kind of like, one thing i notice noticed is that if you kind of take time out to kind of know who your students are one-on-one, yeah. that speaks volumes for them. You know, yeah. like I've seen students who have literally jumped like two grade levels in a year um, just off the fact of like, yo, we know that so-and-so believes in me, you know, and then, you know, that encourages them even more. So I think like that lack of uh, validation and, you know, reinforcing the students that you have value, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you... Let them get away with nonsense, right? Like, yeah. that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, like, you constantly let them know, like, you know, you, have, you can add more to this world than what the world tells you.
0: For sure. And I feel like, I mean, I grew up in a very white area mm-hmm. in Oregon, which is super white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, to go further, I grew up in a very Mormon town. So it was, like, white. Mm-hmm. And, um the the tropes around any person of color was just that like Mm -hmm. a lack of validation of even their humanity and so when I moved and explored cities for the first time Mm -hmm. I had a lot of those like thoughts in my brain I'm like oh the kids who were always getting in trouble were like the black kids Mm -hmm. then I also had to reflect on myself I'm like I got in trouble a lot in school Mm -hmm. but I was always at to some degree I felt like I was getting a little bit of an easier punished punishment, if you will, mm-hmm. but I always felt like the kids that were getting like suspe- full on suspensions mm-hmm. were like the few black kids, and I'm like, this is just like we're gang, like we're not even giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. And so when I moved out here and I work currently at UMass Boston, which is like the only minority majority campus in New England, mm-hmm. a lot of my students say the same thing. They're finally in like a college setting where they feel like they're taken seriously, and mm-hmm. it. It surprises me that we're still in this conversation in 2018.
1: It, it, it doesn't, for me, um, surprise me at all because this is a systemic thing, right? Yeah. Like, this is something that's, it precedes you and I yeah. right, by generations. It's not mm-hmm. even like, oh, well, it's your mom. Like, no, this is like your, your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's, <laughs> like, you know, deeds. And, you know, like, I think as a country we haven't really addressed it in the healthiest way. It's just been like, oh, we'll pass a law or we'll have this campaign for a month mm-hmm. or we'll, you know? And so- it's And a, they come and go
0: too. Yeah, it's,
1: it's been a lot of band-aids on a broken arm, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't work in that sense. And so, you know, when you leave an a, a injured, a wound in, you know, open for too long, what happens? It festers, bacteria goes in and it gets worse and worse. Yeah. And so that's what I found with like, you know, as far as like race relations, you know, it's like, we had to address this even in the most painful way because it's only going to get worse. And now, you know, I, you can argue that it's getting better, but you can also make the argument that it's getting worse. Right. And so it, it I think as a country, we need to just be really honest with ourselves. And as a world, we need to be honest about like our impact and what we've done to the planet. You know, mm-hmm. like to other people, be, you know, based on like how they look, their religion, all of these different things. And then say, you know what? How can we move forward?
0: Well, and I mean, when when you really think about it, the humanity of even allowing black people to be educated in the same circles as white people, Mm -hmm. 60 years, 60 years, Mm -hmm. in an entire country of however many years. And that is just like a clear sign that there's almost no way we can make up
1: Right, but even if you look at that, right, you can you can also look at, okay, yes, we're legally desegregated, yeah. but then you see yeah. how, like, education funding works across districts based on zip code, right? Mm-hmm. Now, who lives in the more affluent zip codes? Mm-hmm. Who lives in the more impoverished zip codes? Yeah. Who, like, determines what goes where? And then even so, like, yes, 60 years on paper, we yeah. have been, you know, liberated from that, but... Even on paper, we're not. Because now, if you look at the districts and how they're getting rezoned, that's yeah. a big issue that's going on in the Upper West Side mm-hmm. right now, right? Like, we have the more affluent, white, and Asian, you know, uh, community saying, no, we don't want, like, these poor students yep. coming into our school because we have... It. And it's like, well, clearly, we're not on that same level where no. we want to be, right? Well,
0: and, and the, what, um, in, in Boston, it's mm-hmm. the same thing happening in a lot of our neighborhoods, like in Dor- Dorchester and Roxbury, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of my students have lived for their entire life and are now being like priced out of their apartments, their homes, their mm-hmm. everything and that's all they've ever known and now they see these new condos going up like white people are literally white people are pushing them out of their homes mm-hmm. and so it's becoming like it's a new it's like modern segregation Like we're creating a a whole, it's almost postmodern segregation, if you will, to put a chic title on it. mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It just changed forms. That's all it really did, you know? And that's all these
0: systems of oppression do. They just go into one form than they were because they want to make it, they want to dress it up a little differently. Right,
1: right. And, and, you know, that's where, like, the whole thing where we haven't addressed it. And that's why we still see why you can look at pictures from, like, the Civil Rights era and why they look exactly like the pictures from the Black Lives Matter era. Like,
0: or even Trump rallies. Trump or rallies. Everything we'll, you know? at the, the immigration rallies. Right.
1: It's like, what do you mean? Like, this is wow. new. This is not new. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh my gosh, this is what What are you talking about? Yeah. This is old. This is tradition. Mm-hmm. This is old. Like, you know, this is as valued as baseball in America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once we get to that point, you know, the work has to be done. Yeah. You know, and the work is never really done. And that's been the issue. You know, we just dress it up differently.
0: So. Did you see the banner uh, that went up at Fenway uh, a couple months ago, where someone had the banners like um, racism is as American as is, that, is as um, an American pastime as baseball. They is put that it where over. The they, they put it over the uh, the Green Monster. It I was might. like ripped, it was ripped down pretty quick. But I
1: think I did see that. Maybe yeah. that's why I got that analogy. No, yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's wild. Yeah. And so <clears throat> it. Uh, it just it just kind of makes me keep coming back to um, how important like mentorship is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what what role do you see um, even uh, Black folks being mentors or even like white allies? What mm-hmm. what kind of work do you think needs to be done there?
1: I think all right. So that's a two part question. Uh, yeah, I was gonna right? say there's like, there's a couple. So, things no, there. no, it's fine. So um, for white allies, right? Um, I don't think the work primarily needs to fall on you to do the work in those minorities communities, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because just being very transparent, we've seen that like that can actually lead to more damage done, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What I would suggest for white allies is do the like work with your white counterparts, right? Go into those neighborhoods in, like, the red states. Go into, like, the Trump rallies. Go into those. What are those neighborhoods like? Talk to them about your experience, about what it means to, like, not wear these biases as, you know, clothing anymore. Yeah. That You know what I mean? Like, we don't need the help as black people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like,
0: like,
1: yeah, that's cool. Like
0: You yes, need to work on like, you. Like,
1: work on them, you know? We,
0: yeah, and that's, so, like, that's super important because, um, like, my family's pretty biased yeah and like that's one of the constant things that I kind of like little little by little Mm -hmm. it's almost baby steps with with white people
1: (laughs) yeah you know and and, and, you know I'm not gonna sit here and say that you know by you know the end of Trump's you know administration all race relations will go away like no like it (laughs) took like 400 plus years for us to get here it's gonna take way more than that for us to be healed right Like it takes, you know, a, you know going back to like the injury issue, it takes a split second to break your arm, but how long does it take to actually heal? Like two weeks, three mm-hmm. weeks, a month, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, for you as white allies, do it in your neighborhoods, do it in your nations, right? Like don't come to Africa like to do missionary work. <laughs> go to Germany where there's like neo-Nazi camps. Like <laughs> yeah. go there, talk to them. Like we don't need your help, mm-hmm. right? Um, and for black people, um, I would say, don't be afraid of like going back um, because I found that like a lot of us in our, in my generation right, it's like we're cool with like donating or like running a race and that's not to say those things don't have impacts, right, but don't be afraid to like talk to the kids that's you know in your neighborhood, don't be afraid to like you know share your experience with them be there for them right because like when I was growing up in the crack era of New York right it wasn't a lot of like male role models and role models excuse in general right but and that was why that's why I do what I do right like I didn't see them so I'm gonna be what I wanted to see for the next ones up Um, and I would say like don't be afraid to get more hands-on with your work Um, to my black and brown counterparts, um, because we need you. You know, our students need you. It's not to say that just because you got a college degree or you know you have your own business that you made it and you're good. Like No, there's people behind you that need this just as much, um, if not more so, you know, and they're in your family, they're in your neighborhoods, they're, they're on your corners, they're, you know, they're, they're everywhere, you see them, you know? Um, and don't be afraid, like one little conversation could change someone's life, you never know, you know? You never know what your impact is going to be. and So just don't be afraid to give, give that chance to, to your younger brothers and sisters. That's it.
0: I love that. Um, one of the things that we talked about when we had our initial call is you've seen a different level of of ambition from students and successes from students. Um, can you talk a little bit to, like, what that does for you as an educator? Like, seeing the, that that kind of... Those little successes for students or that they achieve.
1: Man, um <coughs> I think that's what success is for me as an educator, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the market. Like professionally it could be like my recruitment rate, it could be my, you know. Passing rate for the data a test. Yeah. Data n- numbers, right? Yeah. That stuff could be crunched a million and one ways, right? But for me to look at a student nice. who weighed, you know, X amount of weight and I was like, all right, I'll show you how to run. Mm-hmm. He asked me, I want you to teach me how to run. All right, fine, I'll show you how to run during lunch one day. Now he's on the football team.
0: Yeah. Hey. Hey.
1: You know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> you know, to see that. One of my, you know, this happened to me recently. One of my uh, students' parents uh, reached out to me because she found me on Instagram and she's like, oh, I just wanted to thank you for everything you've done for my son and I'm like, all right, cool. This has been like, wait, like two years since I, you know, lost contact with them." And, uh, you know, he's like, look, I'm looking forward to being like president of the United States one day. And I'm like,
0: hell yeah. Oh shit. Like, I don't know if I
1: could curse. <laughs> no, schema. you, can, like, you yeah, can,
0: you know, you know, but it's like your
1: shit, you know, like. <laughs> like damn you know like that's that's success you know like that for me is like you made it you know like you know it's not to discount like the test scores or you know it's not to discount those things because those things are important as well right but to know that you have a value on somebody's life trajectory Mm -hmm. where like they could have been going this way and now they're going that way Mm -hmm. right how could you not be proud of that you know and that's something you can't put a price tag on you can't buy that you know to a certain degree you can like I could pay for a students college you know tuition I can mm-hmm. do that but that doesn't take away that's like that doesn't equal up in to me of a student being able to say I want to go to college now because mm-hmm. of you. you know so you know it, it, it's just it's inspiring it's empowering it's humbling um and and it, it's it brings me a lot of joy to think that like I had that impact on somebody, you know, and to be able to get the thanks for it, you know, because some of us aren't here to get those flowers, you know. Mm, I like that station nah, already did that next this moving like the panthers, and we shall not be moved this our school anthem never gonna stop until we get
0: All right time demanded. for a quick break Everything in the conversation to the give you a quick reminder that my friends table turned they've launched a new set of genres for you to pick from if you want to get some new vinyl in your vinyl collection you want to listen to some kick-ass 80's records 80's. as y'all know I'm in my second year with table turned the first year was super great got a whole bunch of great post-rock instrumental albums And this last this last month in July, I got my first record for the shoegaze revival uh, Genre and now they've announced their fourth wave of Genres it is the garage rock And Ska Punk. So if you like garage rock bands along the lines of like Best Coast, Surfer Blood, um, they're going to have some great records for you uh, uh, for an entire year. And if you like some Ska Punk, like Less Than Jake, Streetlight Manifesto, they've even got a hookup for you go to table-turned.com and sign up right now for the early bird price of $160 for a year. That's basically getting a month free. It actually is getting a month free because once you go to pay pay month to month, it's $15 a month. So once this 30-day window, you have 30 days to go to table-turned.com and sign up for that early bird price. That's as long as you get to get this early price is $160 for an entire year. You don't want, you can just kick back. You can just chill out. A record will come to you every month, $15 a month, or $160 right now over the next month. That's all you gotta do. Table-turn.com. Support a great DIY vinyl subscription company, support my buddy Dane, support his family, doing some great work. All right. Let's get back to this conversation with Yannick Flores.
1: so the let's talk about um let's talk about some hip hop. All right. When did you start making music? Oh man. Um June 20th,
0: 1997. Okay
1: that was a couple of days i want like i don't know what it is like i thought it was the day after i graduated junior high but for some reason like the cal- the calendar when i look back says it was like a couple of days before but whatever that was the day i wrote my first like hip hop verse Dang. right um it was to Tracy Lee's It's um, it's Party Time. I remember because I had the, the CD, and this is when they were selling singles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dating myself here, right? <laughs> um, and so I had that CD, and then I would always play the instrumental, and like, I finally wrote something to it, you know, a poem. And I'm like, is this a rhyme? Yes, it's actually a rhyme. And, uh, you know, it just kept going on from there. Of course, I was terrible when I first started. Like, I look back at some of my old notebooks, and I'm like, ugh
0: yeah Oh, I did that the other day <laughs> you know I wanted to just burn it like, yeah I can't do nah, this
1: I, I like looking at it for the progression of it you know but um, but yeah it's it's you know it's it's cool to have that progression from like you know from starting out to like wow this is my first verse and I, I don't know who to say this to to like I'm performing in front of people like it's nothing you know mm-hmm. so yeah that that's when I got started so yeah June 20th 97
0: were you, making, were you making beats then, or were you just... Uh, no, I've,
1: I've never made my own beats. Okay. Um, I've always, well, when I first started, I was, you know, using other rappers' stuff, sound like them. But then it progressed into um, finding producers that I didn't necessarily know their music, like, who they were producing for. Like, I might have like, oh, okay, this person produced a song for, like, uh, Little Brother. I'm like, okay, I'll follow that producer. Then, like, you know, write the songs that they didn't, that I never heard before, just to kind of crack my own voice and sound. And then from there, it went, it went into like finding my own producers and networking with them and stuff like that, so
0: nice. Yeah. Um, when do you when do you, when in your like tr- in your evolution did you feel like you finally like found your voice?
1: It wasn't until recently, actually. Okay. Um, I mean, I've been you know again, this is like 21 years of a journey, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But I didn't feel like I found my voice until I can quite honestly say. I released the recent Teachers College of Bus yeah. uh, tape, right? Because, like, when I, w- when I did Little Brother Syndrome, or even, like, some of my high school songs, I was still talking about, like, working with youth and education. But I'm like, I never worked in a school before. Like, why am I rapping about this <laughs> stuff, right? But, you know, it's it's been crazy to, like, know that, like, okay, I want this lane. I don't even know why I want this lane of, like, education rap. But for some reason, it's going to get there. It's going to get there. It's going to get there. And so when I... uh. When I finally got to that point it's like okay I'm releasing a song about me being an educator and what it's like to be in a classroom and wow there's other educators that vibe with it that's mm-hmm. the thing that got me is like oh shit I could perform this at a conference
0: mhm that's honestly one of the things that I thought <laughs> while I was listening yeah. to the first time. I was like I'm actually- this could be big especially in like higher ed yeah. conferences people so, want to
1: hear that like I've done like a couple of like I've released debut like my music video for Peace King at Teachers College right hey. you know I've, I've performed there I've like performed at other like education conferences and I'm like okay there's a lane for this <laughs> there's a lane for this it's just trying to figure out now how does that look you know because hip hop as, as you know a lot of people will say is like a young person's game right mm-hmm. um and to some degree it is but then it's like okay there's clearly a value in this voice of me being like an actual educator yeah and making music like this now right mm-hmm. so how do i transform it because like obviously i can't get like the principal who works like 70 hours a week to come out to a show and like you know some dive bar <laughs> somewhere right i mean i might but you know th- those chances slim so like how do i reconfigure like hip-hop in a sense to fit this square and so that's been my biggest struggle um, because I know it's there but then it's like how do I like push it forward you know
0: yeah and I feel like because you've got some life behind you mm-hmm. you're bringing a, a full perspective to to what you're writing and one of the things we talked about when we first chatted is the importance of putting education into your music mm-hmm. and making sure that that is one of the most present Aspects of the work that you do Can you talk about the uh, Perhaps the inspirations or maybe the motivation Behind doing that kind of Like having that mission behind your work
1: Um It just came, well it started from me Just always wanting to like carve my own lane Right, like I never wanted Like even down like in high school I never wanted to like wear the same sneakers As everybody else or have the same outfits You know like I did at times But like I always wanted to do it in my own way Right, and so me trying to figure out, okay, how can I be in hip-hop artist but be different mm-hmm. than what I'm hearing, right? Um, it just became like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this? Okay, let me write about this. Let me write about this. Me, you know, and then, you know, it took like, okay, let me write about this kid I've been working about for six, you know, six months. Mm-hmm. And let me figure out how to make, like, my life parallel to his. And then, you know, all of these different things. and so. You know, me trying to like figure out how to how to create that lane was just that's been the process. Mm-hmm. Um, did I answer your question? I feel like it geni- didn't, geni-
0: Well, yeah, because um, I was really looking at like because you're so focused on educating folks, like mm-hmm. even just through the hip hop, and saying you found your you, you're finding your lane because there are so many like I feel like there's so many artists that go like mainstream elements of like partying Mm -hmm. um, and different like younger lifestyle choices but then there's like the idea of when some rappers I'll use like Kanye West for an example Mm -hmm. 808s -hmm. I didn't really get that where he was writing that until I had some life behind me like okay yeah I had some loss I get this a little bit now Um, so there are like different trajectories and different things that people rap at Wrap rap about at different parts in their life and finding that education lane, almost like being your motivational guide the whole time, seems like a completely different track.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, kind of going off of that, what I, my real thing is that I wanted to just make music that, like, my friends and I could relate to, yeah. right? Because, um, I mean, for me, like, growing up, I liked To Little Quality and I mm-hmm. liked Most Def, mm-hmm. I liked Common, but I related so much more to like the Jay-Z's, the yeah. DMX's, the Tupac's, I related to them more even though they were talking about like street stuff. Yeah. I wasn't a street kid, like I was a nerd, I, you know, turned out girls <laughs> to like watch Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that, right? But like I, I like always gravitated towards them more because like there was so much more feeling behind mm-hmm. it. Um, as opposed to like with like some of the more conscious rappers it's like this sounds good but like i can't like what's the story you're connecting to it right like not just what you're seeing like talk to me about an actual life that you interact with and i wasn't getting a lot of that from their music um whereas what like a lot of like gangster rappers and street rappers i was getting the, i was like oh okay i relate so i was relating yeah. to that more um hmm. but still like okay well what is it that I can do as an educator to like bring that flavor, but also kind of like have, like on or you know, authentic, right? Yeah. Um, and it just became like, okay, I just had to write exactly how I feel, write what your students are going through, write what you're going through when you have to go to a mentoring session and you don't want to, like, <laughs> you know, like write about those things and then figure out, okay, well, shit. Well, as an educator, I parted. As an educator, I like, you know, I drink, I have fun. As an educator, I make mistakes in relationships. Like, you know, it's like, it doesn't take away from, like, the human aspect. It's just like, okay, how do I balance that and still manage the fact that, like, I'm responsible for motivating 20-plus, 35-plus, 15-plus students every day, every week, every mm-hmm. month, you know? And so that's where, like, that, you know, my that struggle and that balance came in. It was just like, I just wanted to make sure that, like, make music that, like, the people I was going to happy hour with could relate to, you know, mm-hmm. the music that, like, you know, again, like I have a song on it for a holiday party, like that mm-hmm. actually happened. It's like, oh wow, this is, yeah, we're really turning up as teachers, like, mm-hmm.
0: yes, <laughs>
1: yes, we are getting drunk over ass and dancing to the wobble, and you know what I mean, like, yeah. but because like they they listen to that same music, the same mainstream stuff, right? But like, who's talking to them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you have like a J Cole who's kind of there. Yeah. But, like, he still isn't, like, a classroom guy because he's so so far removed that he was always a conscious rapper, right? But it's like, I'm older. I've been in the classroom 10 years. So, like, how does that translate? And then it's translating that into a way that's, like, that can be appreciated and at the same time um, is authentic and isn't corny, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that there's a good lesson in being a creative educator in that we are a little bit more conscious of the the uh, the, 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 the moments where we learn, mm-hmm. where we can take some sort of lesson from our mistakes, from our successes, from all these things and actually try to make some sort of transformation, even if we feel like we're in a good, like right now as an educator, I feel like I'm in a good place, mm-hmm. but every day I'll get humbled by a student and I'll be like, okay, no, I still got a little bit more to learn mm-hmm. in, this, in this arena. And I think that that is incredibly present in the work that you're doing. It's kind of like pushing yourself to never be like complacent. And while, um, while it is good for us to like make sure that we're letting our hair down, you're not like... There are some educators that I think tend to feel bad about that. And, like, stressed. Like, no, I need to be focusing so much of my attention on this. No, we still got to take care of ourselves, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to. And I love, like, I personally love having a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. How much is your music, like, a good outlet to just, like, let it go?
1: It is my main outlet for letting it go, right? Because um, it's allowed me to tell the stories that, like, I may go into more detail with, with like closer friends. I may not want to share with certain people. It's allowed me to be like, okay, I can It's almost like being my, like an actor in my own movie, mm-hmm. where like I could take myself out of like some of the situations and kind of like, okay, this is what it is, mm-hmm. you know? This is a song about me, you know, losing a relationship and losing my job and wondering what the fuck I'm gonna do with my life, you know? And then it's, you know, here's another song about, you know, I love video games and here's that, you know, and then there's another song of, like, you know, here's how I feel about black men. Here's how I feel, like, it's all of these different things that, like, sometimes I'm not able to say, sometimes I don't want to share on, like, social media or whatever, but, like, I can put it out there in a song and it's, like, yeah. it's that like okay I, I let it out of me and you know whether people listen to it or not people like it or not it's just like I let it out yeah. you know and so it has no place to go but you know just be good energy because I had nothing but good at you know healing intentions behind it yeah. you know and that healing was my healing myself by just releasing you know that tension
0: how do you bring it into the classroom do you bring your work into the classroom
1: yes and no um that's actually something I, I struggled a lot with as a as a hip-hop artist is just like where do i draw the line between like me as an artist and me as an educator and me as an educator as an artist right um because like i can share some of my music with my students but then there's like certain things on my that i talk about that i don't want them necessarily <laughs> yeah, knowing yeah. about or, i got you you know or like them ask you know happen to be like oh mr nick said this on sort the of song and then you know pta conference like, oh, <laughs> you know like you know like I, it was always those things I always was very very uh cautious about very mm-hmm. and you know to be very honest very fearful about yeah um because it's not just you know a job for me like mm-hmm. i love education right but then it's like i don't want to put myself in a position where i can't be that support for my students anymore yeah. so it was always just like trying to figure out what that balance was like um but it has showed itself in in many ways again like i said i i did like a podcast teaching them how to do you know journalism but then i also um during lunch times, I would like teach some of my students like how to actually like do an open mic. I would do that where like I would let the kids like okay, you wrote a song like come up and share it. Oh, you want to sing this Beyonce song? Okay, you want to tell a joke? Okay, fine. You know, yeah. so I would like let them create. You know, have their own outlet for it in their own way. Like I'm not forcing them like some of the kids would actually battle me they're like oh mr nigga i want to battle you like i actually lost to a first grader, like a really bad loss to a first grader dang like are
0: catching me. l's from first grade I,
1: I can admit it you know what i mean like and <laughs> you know that that's the point it's like you know as an educator you got to be humble you got to be able to laugh at yourself i was like this little kid like really boxed me in like I can't say anything because if I diss him back, I look like a bully. <laughs> but then if I don't say anything, I look like a sucker. So it's like, <laughs> so was like, damn. Well, I'll just, I'll just take that. Up. I'm not gonna look like a bully against some first grader, right? Like yeah. I'm not gonna sit there like, you still call your mommy like I'm. No, you know, and they have him crying, and you know, it's like you know, I just have a little fun, right? That's but a then, whole
0: different parent-teacher yeah, conference.
1: But then you know, even with that, that was more fun because like that, that's something that even like you know, stuck with the parent, I you know, of that student like, oh. My son still talks about how he beat you. I'm like Alright, fine. You know, know, like what am I gonna do? Am I gonna sit there and be mad about it? No. It's just, you know, being able to just give him that chance to be like, Wow, I beat an adult.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, at like a rap contest. I dig it. You know, and I had like half the school like cheering for me, like, Yeah, you did, you know. I mean of course I could have beat him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not the point. Give him
0: give him the moment. Yeah, you know, that's
1: that's the point of, of me, you know. And what I like to do about like, you know, fusing hip hop and, you know, the classroom, my experiences and artists that I give kids those moments, you know, it's just like, no, you you can shine. Yes, you can beat an adult. Yes, you can sing this song. Yes, you can get over your stage fright by singing in front of 149 of the students plus six staff members. You got the lunch class, you know, the lunch, you know, the cafeteria staff like looking at you like. You know, like all of those things, and it's like, yeah, you can do that. You can be a star, Yeah. you know, because a lot of kids in, you know, black and brown neighborhoods, they don't get people that tell them that often, you know, Mm -hmm. and if they do, it's typically for the wrong reasons, you know, it's either something sexual, something athletic, or, you know, it's never just like, no, you have value as a a student because you can sing. You have value because you can tell a joke, all of those different things. So I just like to give young students that chance to just be a star.
0: Yeah i uh i've kind of always brought like i i have a guitar in my Mm. office all the time and i'm also like a i'm a spoken word guy Mm. and so and like our poet like our our poetry students know that Mm. so like Mm. sometimes they'll be like craig can you come do a piece to just start off because like they know that i can just like go Mm. and sometimes it's hard to get one some of those things started i'm like yeah i'll just come and do a quick piece and i'll do a piece because like I've been doing spoken words since I was 17 so like yeah. 13 years and so throwing it down a little bit for them they'll be like oh shit we got so much to learn just from this guy yeah all right all right yeah, yeah. and like I don't think I'm perfect at all and I'm I'm my my work is just so centered on like my experiences and like mostly mental health driven so I'm exceptionally uh nervous to share some of that stuff because some folks see it as too much and i go well it's important to me like mental health of of any student is the most important thing to me uh in my work and so when i share those stories it humanizes it a little bit more because like i'll share a piece about having adhd or i'll share a piece about being bipolar and a student will come up to me like I was just diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Can we just sit down and chat? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, let's talk. And so there is that, like, line... There's a line where you have to, like, kind of balance on it so make sure that you're not putting too much of yourself out there, kind of guarding yourself a little bit, mm-hmm. but enough so the our students know that you're not, like, being inauthentic.
1: Right, but, you know, I think that's, that's the sad part about education, today. Uh, yeah. Is that, like... There's so much other things that restrict teachers from being who they should be yeah. for their students. Like, imagine the power of you standing up in front of your entire school body and saying, "I had ADHD." Yeah. That's empowering for them, yeah. and for you to do it in a poem, right? Yeah. That would speak volumes to them because then they're be like, "Oh, I have ADHD. Yeah. Maybe I could write about a poem about it to help me overcome it." Right. Yeah. And I think that's like the thing that's missing is that we don't. Really, have the opportunity to really connect with them in a way that empowers them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always just about test scores. I mean, yes, again, those things are great. Yeah. But what about what, how they feel about themselves when they go to school? You know, and then that leads to the whole bullying thing, right? Like, which is a big issue. You know, it's like, oh, we want to have these anti-bullying courses. Well, are you telling kids, like, what makes them special? Like, don't let it hold them back? It's something mm-hmm. as simple as that. You know, I found that that works. Um, but we don't have those conversations. We don't have those opportunities to express ourselves because we always have to be mindful of, like, how is this going to be seen by our administration? How is this going to be seen by uh, our parents? It's so
0: frustrating. You know?
1: And, like, if we just had that freedom as educators to just be free, um, I think we save a lot more lives. Yeah. You know? Because I think that connection factor is something that you cannot take lightly working mm-hmm. in a school, working mm-hmm. as an educator. Mm-hmm it's probably, like, your strongest asset, you know? And once you have that trust, there's nothing that a student's not going to do because they're always going to say that somebody has my back.
0: 100%. And that is something that has always, like, stood out to me in however many years I've been in education as well. And when I was teaching in high school, I, I mean, I, I taught English, I taught writing, and there are some students that, got it pretty easy some students that did not and some students that kind of like skated by they weren't really like making too much of an impression on really anyone mm-hmm. and then years later I would get like Facebook messages or I'd get emails and be like this moment in this class like you really like inspired me or got me to do this and like I had no idea that you were even listening like mm-hmm. I had no idea that you were that mm-hmm. present. And it's those moments that really, like, get me because there are some times where I, I can be really clear that, okay, they're getting it. They're into this. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But then there are those times where I just get blown away where I'm like, dang, I didn't even know I was reaching you. That, that's awesome. And I feel like if there, was, if there were even more restrictions on us, like, we wouldn't be able to do anything we wouldn't be able to do a damn thing.
1: No, no, and that, and the thing is, is that, like, <coughs> we see, like, there's, there's so much, like, video evidence. That's why, like, I love going on Instagram and just following certain teachers, because, like, you can just see them, like, no, I'm just gonna film myself and, like, f- you know, facilitating a poetry workshop or facilitating, like, a hip-hop ad workshop. Like, there's, like, I love educators that take their, like, authority of it and yeah. just, like, say, I'm gonna show this. Yeah. Because now that empowers other educators to take that same liberty, right? But yeah I- we've
0: live streamed some of my like workshops and talks before and it's fun because i'll' we'll, we'll live stream it and then a couple people will share it mm-hmm. like I do I mean I do sexual education as well yeah. and so I did like a real talk sex talk and we live streamed it and then after it aired we just shared it and it had like 5,000 views mm-hmm. by the next day. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So this group got this education, but so did like 5,000 other people. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and that's the power of the internet, right? Yeah. It's just like you can share stuff and like the world has it in seconds. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think our power is gonna come from like in the coming years and decades. <clears throat> as educators is that like no this is gonna come you know and that's something we also have to be careful of right mm-hmm. is that now the government's gonna get in, involved and say oh well you can't do this and mm-hmm. we found it like no like let us do we have to do as educators so we can empower these students right that's all I'm about fly 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 Just fly, fly, fly fly away cuz the angels
0: sing it like All right, time for the music break portion of the podcast, bringing you a new track from that new album that Yannick released. This new mixtape is called Teacher's College or Bust. Please check out the album at educatorlife.bandcamp.com. That's where Yannick is putting it up. That's where he's hosting it. You can listen to the whole thing right there. Throw him some shekels. Throw him some funds. Throw him some money. Give, give Give him some support for this amazing set of music that he's put out. There's a lot, there's a lot on this uh, mixtape. I listened to it uh, a couple times before going to New York and I listened to it once right before we met up so that I could just kind of get, get a feel for where he's coming from where he's been he's grew up in new york and it was so great to just kind of get to feel that and this next song actually references uh something we're gonna be chatting about in the in the lightning round not to uh uh spoil anything but the song is called black sand excellence and we're gonna talk a little bit about anime in a bit but uh there's some really great nerdy stuff here um yannick uh clearly has a a brilliant mind for making connections and illusions and creating some great some great uh, allegory out of all of the stuff that he's experienced in his life and putting that through music and so I want you all to listen to uh, Black Saiyan Excellence off of the new mixtape Teachers College or Bust go to educatorlife.bandcamp.com here you go Black Saiyan Excellence by Yannick Florist.
1: hey yo yo hey yo yo Hey yo yo hey, yo yo hey, yo yo hey, yo, yo. Hey, yo, yo. Hey, yo, yo. Uh, hey yo, my name translate to God gift. So folks turn agnostic just to ignore Nick forfeit. All the wedding photos looking so destroyed. I'm dripping coconut oil. I got too much sauce. Don't need finger rings just to prove that I'm boss. That's a loss. What's a juggernaut to an onslaught? Swag and I'm looking like it. With Principal Lopez, and she kicking oh. up one leg. Oh her when I pull up. No disrespect. Raise all interest yes. when I display my intellect. As I rhyme a few bars so I can heal a few hearts. Then I kick a few clothes so I can lift a few souls. Been the master of this. This Go into boat. Put me in your magazine, fitted in custom made clothes. And my Instagram pop show from showing kids when they glow. them like your boy to tell them they be cold I'm just saying, just saying. This is Black saying excellence.
0: This is Black saying excellence.
1: Hold me in my armor, don't crack. I shine bright for my haters in the back.
0: One, two, three.
1: Watch when my hair glow like brown. I'm about to turn into a light show. Staring down foes with a slight smile. Then they back down and take flight though. Cause they know they are my winter miss. Visible for a bit, then they cease to exist. See, my style heaven and I'm copied by the president. president. Uh, I run you low lives, Amanda Wallace, wall is bitch. Uh. So real with this, warning for White House gigs. Black business and video, I'm quasi-year-round kid. Which I'm a yeah. box in the mail, aristocrats on my wrist. Groom success on my chest, and I'm not flexing a bit. Whoever want, want tests, I'm DG ravishing them all. Cause all they do is block when their back's against the wall. You open pray, I saw problems today. And you soft like porcelain, be glad you was horseman. Cause this is black saying excellence. This is black saying excellence. I put my hand in the sky just to wave my enemies by. Schedule is still up as network I built up. You still in background, I'm up front with the real ones. Jason uh, chasing those that really don't love you. Got black you looking older than the comic book cover, uh Classic, they love me, no accident, dummy, I'm designed to create icons, the way McDuffie And you're not a leader, you just a follower, you're not a boyfriend, fam, you a photographer Assistant, your status is biscuit, side item, dry ramen, built for a chicken A wild lion, prize iron, kingdom or pivot, you're style fighting, wildfire, waiting in distance Aw oh, man, waiting for mad minutes so and I'm basking
0: all in
1: it. Up? is all Simpson. Suck like Max Simpson. To G out last sentence. That ain't you.
0: That was Black Sand Excellence from Yannick Florist. Get the new mixtape Teachers College or Bust over at educatorlife.bandcamp.com. Check out his whole mixtape. It is so good. All right. Now let's finish up this conversation with my boy Yannick. Alright, so we're gonna get to the lightning round. Alright. So things off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think too much, but you can. You can take pauses, I'll edit it, whatever. Uh, favorite color.
1: Favorite color? Yeah. Black.
0: Favorite food? Uh,
1: authentic Chinese food.
0: Okay. Have you been to China then? Nah, not yet. yet. (laughs)
1: Thailand, but not China. Actually, you know, I I have been to China. Like I had a yeah, that was part of my Thailand trip, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't eat there, eat there, so.
0: Um I think I know the answer to this, but what's your favorite anime?
1: Come on, man. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, of course. Tell me
0: a little bit about why you like Dragon Ball Z.
1: It taught me it, you know. It sounds crazy, but as a cartoon, I learned a lot about like myself and manhood through that cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of lessons that I got from like a lot of the different characters and like what they went through, like subliminal things that like you know as a, you may look at that's like, a cartoon they're just fighting and beating each other up and yelling for like four episodes. We're just
0: massive time. sins. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: You could just, you could look at it like that, but when you're really mm-hmm. paying attention to the story and you see how people develop and change and you know the different you know things and trials and tribulations they go through, I was like, oh okay I understand this now and like there was certain things about it as a young black man that I could relate to like looking at it like how Frieza's like you know almost a gentrifier in a sense it's like oh oh shit and then you look at like how like he uses the sayings and you know so was all those different things right and I can learn about that for a whole other hour when i not going to <laughs> um, but I
0: love how you bring it up yeah. in your hip hop though but That's yeah like
1: it's, it's it's you know it's it's been like one of those things like yes it's a fun cartoon I, I spent so much time to, you know investing in it um but then it was also like I, I got like a lot of like life lessons from that cartoon despite it just being a cartoon, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, were there any other anime that you uh, enjoy outside of it? Um. I love anime. <laughs> I,
1: I, I got into Samurai Champloo recently, yeah. like like three, four years ago. That was that was a lot of fun as a hip hop yeah. artist, I, I definitely, definitely love that cartoon. Super fun. Uh, it was so much fun. Like yeah. I just found myself just like watching the whole thing and like I think in a day on Netflix. Yep. Um, But then there's also uh, Full Metal Alchemist, uh, Attack on Titan. I'm basic when it comes to anime. It's fun, yeah. um, I do want to get into Hajime no Ippo. I haven't finished that yet, though.
0: I haven't watched that.
1: But yeah, it's a cool. It's like it's a boxing uh, anime. Oh, neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: I'll I'll be perfectly honest. The Mm. way that I kind of broke in working with a lot of my black students was through anime. And it always blows me away. Mm Mm-hmm. And makes me super happy how nerdy a uh, good faction of black people are.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, you know what it was? Because, like, it wasn't accepted when we were, like, when I was growing up, he used yeah. to, like, look at me crazy because, like, I used to be in, like, the comic book stores and stuff. Like, yeah. and, like I don't care about basketball. Like, I hated basketball yeah. for a long time. Like, I you know, I stopped watching once the Knicks got to, like, that championship what, like, 92, 93? But then, uh, you know, me not being a sports person, I was always in the comic books. And he used to look at me crazy like, oh, yeah, Tennessee it wasn't accepted back then but now it's like you literally have whole conventions of like black people like enjoying comic books right um and so that becomes you know and that came with like just shifts in culture shifts in like what we saw about ourselves what we saw about like you know black people do love those things um you know once we got to see like oh okay well kanye did a video of akira Mm I mean, I hated the video, but, yeah, you know, yeah. I appreciated what he was trying to do. And yeah. he was like, oh, okay, you're trying to bring, like, that element into hip-hop. Yeah. Um, which was relatively, like, underground. You had, like, your Dooms, your, uh, you know, not Victor Vaughn, it's the same person. But, yeah, I was like, you had Dooms, Victor Vaughn, like, Wait, it's the same person. <laughs> uh, but you had, like, Dooms, you had, like, uh, what's his name, uh, Cool Keith. You had all mm-hmm. those, like, comic book people that were, like, really underground, but mm-hmm. then, like, To see, like, a Missy Elliott do, like, a Mega Man video or to see Kanye, again, do, like, an anime video or a literal anime video, which is, what, um, um, Love Lockdown, I think he had a video for it where he was, like, animated or whatever, but to see those different things, it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. now we can do this, now we can walk around with the Naruto, like, headbands and stuff, like, you know, and I'm glad to see it at that place now, because now I don't feel alone when I, you know, (laughs) That's <laughs> want to wonderful. talk about how Dragon Ball Z is like a life changer
0: no I love so. that that's so great um, well comics what's some of your favorite comics even? oh
1: man X-Men is number one yeah? um, X-Men definitely number one uh,
0: any specific X-Men you like uh,
1: you mean characters yeah or character, characters um, characters 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 I love them all for different reasons, Um, and I always loved the the whole racial uh, underprivileged allegory Mm -hmm. that was tied to it. I think that's that's why I kind of stopped reading it because it came more action oriented Mm -hmm. as opposed to like talking about that side, which I thought was really powerful for me. As you know, I was white reading those like eight nine years old, um, and it was like a cool way for me to kind of understand like how race is gonna play its role in my life. there was X-Men. Um, I do love the, the U-Dawn Street Fighter comics. I love those. I love... Uh, Spider-Man was always a favorite. You know, you can't be in New York and not love Spider-Man. Uh-huh. That, that, no. You can hate the Yankees or the, Nick or the, the Mets, but you got to love Spider-Man. Like, that's the one uh-huh. thing as a New Yorker you have to do. Um, I liked Watchmen. Watchmen was fun, but I do love Elephant Man. Okay. Elephant Man... Um, not Why the Last Man, what is the, that's a good one too, but, uh, what is, DMZ. Hmm. DMZ is a good one. Uh, those are like more underground uh, comics though. Um, but yeah, those are some of my, my favorite stories because they have like a socio-political twist to yeah. them, so. <clears throat>
0: what about, do you have like a favorite movie or anything like that? <sighs> All time, maybe even current? Oh
1: man, I mean, I, I just watched Black Panther for like the millionth time <laughs> last night. Um. That's a good oh, yeah. one. Yeah, I mean of course Black Panther. Uh as far as like nerd movies go, um X-Men Apocalypse was pretty good recently. Um I did love uh Civil War. I love actually like most of the Marvel movies. So I like how they twisted a lot of things. Yeah. Um let's see horror movies, the original Halloween, Night of the Living Dead, the nineteen sixty eight one. Um, I don't know no, like that's could, no, that's good I don't know good. Like it, it could go in a lot of places Like favorite movies I mean The Notebook If you know So sort of the young ladies reading you Hell know, yeah Hell um, yeah uh,
0: Do you uh, do Do you like binge anything on like Like TV or Netflix or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, mostly
1: sci-fi shows So wow. I mean I, I love that Netflix picked up Black Mirror I was like Thank yes. you Lord Because um, the... I, I was like watching that like Online Uh-huh I'm not going to say how Um But I fell in love with it because it was like a new age Twilight Zone and the Twilight Zone was like one of my
0: Exactly
1: It's still one of my top five favorite shows. Like
0: it's uh, like the Twilight Zone for us. For
1: us, yeah, yeah, like the whole social media aspect and like it took me a while to even realize like, oh Black Mirror like everything is black that we like cell phones tv like, oh i get you yeah so right here yeah yeah exactly <laughs> right? yeah you know like it was just all of those things so like you know i, I love that show uh yeah. rain is good yeah. uh of course stranger things that's fun um um i actually do like the the white christmas special yeah. the one with john ham that yeah. one was really good because yeah. like two hours i'm like all right. Two hours, I got to really hold my attention. This is a
0: movie. Yeah. We're sitting down so, for a movie.
1: You know, watching that episode. And I mean, I love Jam Hand's work. Like, I, you know, Mad Men was one of my favorite shows. Um, Sense 8, that's another good... Sh-
0: I've been told to watch that a bunch, and I oh. still haven't.
1: I'm so mad they canceled it. I'm like, please, like, let it, a few years go by and y'all bring it back, please. <laughs> like y'all did with Young Justice, which I'm mad at is going to be on that WB, like... <laughs> I'm not buying a WB streaming service For one show I'm not doing it Don't do no, it then Not doing it But uh Yeah Definitely uh, Sensei Definitely get into it Cause It's another show I found as an educator Has like Speaks a lot of volumes and yeah. talks about like the, Just the connectivity of people Yeah So It's, it's a cool show
0: I like to end on music mm-hmm. Tell me some Artists that You always You like growing up Maybe some new folks
1: Growing up Uh Tupac number one Um Gangstar yeah um Jay Kanye Ghostface Missy uh Doom uh who else do I like I like Little Kim's older stuff who am I listening to now not too many I'm in a I'm in a hermit (laughs) shell
0: so uh
1: Kendrick J. Cole I like Gold Link uh I like L, not X uh, uh, not Triple X uh, what's this young man's name uh, Uzi Vert I like him mm. yeah. I like some of the younger guys because they're like fun but they're yeah. like it's a different type of fun than what I was growing to listening to like with them it's just like alright we're just partying before hmm. it was like we're partying and we're exploiting the hell out of women was, like, <laughs> and I'm wearing all those gaudy jewelry it's like nah I'm, we're
0: just hanging out we're just hanging out like yeah.
1: you know I'm, like, I like that stuff you know and it's cool to hear that from like younger kids but uh yeah, that, that's what I'm listening to now. It's mostly like instrumentalists though that I that I play like Obliv, oh, uh, Tajima Hall, uh, Knowledge, uh, Mellow Mark, um, Abita Austin. She has a lot of stuff. Sarah Too Ill, like a lot of like instrumental stuff. Yeah. So
0: that's like my writing stuff. Just anything chill, like chill beats. I feel like there's like a whole insurgence of the like meshing jazz and like chill step like beats and like i'm here for it yeah you can't weird. go wrong with it right that's now.
1: such an old genre though like that started like in like the 80s you know like but it's weird like it just now is starting yep. to you know have its own way because like you know there's bands like uh, interstellar that like used mm-hmm. to you know have like that jazzy yeah. you know hip-hop fusionist yeah. Stuff, but this is like you know 81 82 and like not too many people was on that you yeah. know that was like a soho thing quote you know quote yeah. unquote you know the fashionista circle but then like it just kind of blew off into like other places where like it's its own hip-hop music genre now, you know? Like, it's his own, like, just, you know? So it's, it's cool to see, like, how things just, you know, progress and
0: evolve. You know? Oh, yeah, like, I love seeing, like, Thundercat and Flying Lotus and Kamasi Washington. Yes, yes, fly low, fly low, fly low. Seeing all of those guys just, like, featured everywhere, producing everyone, like, it's added such a different flair yeah. to, to music right now.
1: Yeah, fly low, oh, man, fly low. So good.
0: Yeah. You're dead. So good.
1: I haven't heard that yet. Like I had to stop myself after all. Uh, I'm like, no, I just I had two. I had like almost like a gig's worth of his stuff. Yeah. Like from when he first started. I'm like, nah, I gotta. Hell, even so. Killer
0: Mike's finally coming up. Like with Run the Jewels, he's finally getting I know, his I, I wasn't really
1: a fan of this stuff. So. No. Yeah, okay. but I, I was never like big on like Killer Mike like yeah. that. You know, it's not to say that this stuff is like whack. I'm not one no. of those artists like I just don't listen to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the white
0: kids like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much thank for you. chatting thank with you. me. Thank you, thank you, This was fun. I'm, fa- was I'm glad fun. we found a good spot. No one tried to kick us out? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, come <laughs>
1: all the time and just have conversations, so
0: it's cool. Hell yeah, man. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Well, there you have it. Another episode done. Thank you so much to Yannick Flores for sitting down with me in that lobby of the Marriott in Brooklyn. It was so much fun. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hope you enjoyed Yannick's tunes. Holy crap. The mixtape is so good. So make sure that you go to educatorlife.bandcamp.com and listen to the rest of his mixtape. We, we shared a bunch of about three of the songs uh, from that mixtape in this episode. We're going to close the episode with uh, the rest of the song that started the episode 5am to Albany definitely go there check it out if you like it go to table-turn.com and get yourself a vinyl subscription get yourself some records if you want some in your in your, in your your home if you want to spend some new stuff they're going to have uh, garage rock jams and they're going to have some ska punk jams if that's what you want to sign up for or if you just want to take a chance and get some new tunes in your uh, uh, collection go for it. There's only one month left so that you can take advantage of the early bird price so get over to table-turn.com and get yourself a subscription. Uh, big thanks again to folks who have been subscribing and sharing the podcast and talking it up to your friends we really 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 appreciate it got some big plans coming up and can't wait to share those with you as well and to my educator friends who are starting august which is never really a great time for a bunch of educators uh let's let's know that we're all in this together we got this we're we're gonna do some great things this upcoming school year i know i'm already feeling it approach but we got this we're gonna do some kick-ass stuff and let's just stick together uh until next time it to work
1: Some got super strength, others move with speed, others make it rain, some zone out with me. Alter reality, creating visions so deep. My strongest lady telepaths, quick to give you these reads. Uh Blackbird at destination. Nation is political engagement, soldiers of all ages. Yeah. We in the battle for legacy in the lobby, lobby, and needs describing them. the thank you all for stopping in. Uh uh. Voices seen by the world, BFB. Whisom any one to riot. That's why we going straight for the capital. But we moving silent. 5 a.m. to Albany. That's why I'm on this bus. 5 a.m. to Albany. Come rise with me. That's why I'm on this bus. 5 a.m. to Albany. That's why I'm on this bus. 5 a.m. to Albany. Come sign with me. That's why I'm on this bus. 5 a.m. to Albany. It's like for real, man. Like I used to do this. Like I remember, like I used to lobby up in like Albany for like you know the low tuition for like SUNY schools, junior schools, and all that. And it was crazy because like I'm here again, like years later, like lobbying to keep my school open. Like you know what I mean? But still like going up to Albany, but we still like doing this as a team. You know what I mean? Like straight exit, You know what I mean? That's why I love this, man.